What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Raw Roundup. I'm your host, Ryan Satin, here with you to discuss the Monday Night Raw season premiere. And what a premiere it was. So much happened. So much to discuss. Sorry that I wasn't here to discuss the SmackDown premiere. I'm sorry we didn't get to discuss Extreme Rules yet, but we'll talk about some of it when going over this show, specifically the return of Bray Wyatt, because they showed it again in full, which gives me the perfect opportunity to tell you all of my thoughts on it, and I definitely have some. Before we get anywhere near that, let me first give a little bit of love to someone who left a review for, uh, well, I wouldn't say out of character, but for, for this podcast feed. They left a review for the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, which is, I believe, the only place where you can leave a written review like this, but I appreciate all of them, so I'm going to read this one. This is a five-star review from Gary Royal Teeth. He said, I acknowledge you. This is such a refreshing listen for casual and diehard WWE fans. Wrestling fans are some of the best in the world, but the negativity can be so loud sometimes. It's great to have a podcast like this that lets us get to know the people behind the characters and critiques the show in a positive way. I mean, last I checked, we watch it because we love it, right? P.S. The deep dives into the White Rabbit have been incredible. I would have missed so much fun teasers without your detective work. I acknowledge you, my podcast chief. Gary, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate the kind words very much. This is actually exactly why I do what I do. Before... I was covering wrestling full time. I used to look at the coverage and just say to myself, why is everyone so negative? Can't we critique things in a positive way? Can't we talk about things that we do like? Do we have to act like we hate the thing that we're watching every week? And I never had a podcast or a, a website that I really connected with where I felt like the coverage was was something that connected with me because I was always positive about things whether even if I even if I didn't like something I can highlight the positives in it but the coverage was always so negative so I started doing coverage the way I wanted to once I had the opportunity to and so many of you have joined me on the ride so Gary once again appreciate the kind words very much I acknowledge you as a listener as well. Now let's get to Monday Night Raw, dude. The season premiere. So much was happening. Show begins with DX backstage. Shawn Michaels, X Pac, and Road Dog are in Gorilla talking about if they're ready tonight. Then ask someone off camera if that person is ready too. And obviously it's Triple H working on the show. Triple H pleads with them to not curse. Or talk about their genitals like usual since he's in the, since he's in charge of the show now. Uh, Road Dog then says penis, of course. <laughs> X Pac and HBK curse, and they eventually make a cock reference before the camera cuts to four rubber chickens. You don't need to cut that out of the show because it's exactly what was said on camera. Uh, the other members uh, tell Triple H to at least like put a DX shirt on or something. And then said they'd leave him to play with his cock alone. Referring to the rubber chicken, of course, that he had in his hand. Uh, and Triple H just asked them to not fight with anyone as they walk off screen. Uh, a screen, And then his rubber chicken makes a noise 
as the show begins. I love DX. DX is my favorite faction of all time. So I this kind of stuff always gets me. It makes me laugh. I enjoy it. It's not obviously, you know, the most highbrow humor, but it takes me back to my youth. I love the little uh, little innuendos they do. I, I enjoy their badass behavior. I enjoy how sarcastic they are. It's it's my thing. I've always said if I could be in any faction, it would have been DX because DX are just so cool. And this was them still being cool. I don't care what any of you say. You can't you can't make me dislike DX. So I, I, it was cool here to see them as a whole once again. The bloodline out next. Roman says that his dad used to tell him the loudest person in the room is the weakest. And then he begins to focus on Jey Uso. But Sami Zayn interrupts Roman saying that Roman told him Jay was his problem now. So he asked if he could take care of this one. And Roman allows him to do it. Sammy starts talking about how cool everyone is. How, how, excuse me. I've been partying all weekend for my sister's wedding. And I'm realizing that my speech is not what it was. I've been I've been partying. But we're good. We're going to get through this together, guys. Sammy starts talking about how cool everyone in the bloodline is. And tells Jay that he hasn't been very oozy lately. And then asks... If he can be cooler. Now, let's just pause right here. Uh, this has to be one of the funniest things that Sami Zayn has said in recent memory. Oh, I don't know if you guys can hear my dogs barking, but they are barking. All right. I'm going to keep talking here. Uh, all right. I think they're done barking now. Excuse me. Hopefully, if uh, my producer hears that, he can, he can cut out the dogs barking. If not, you're going to have to hear them. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just got to put a pause here because uh, this might be one of the funniest things that Sami Zayn has said uh, as part of the bloodline. He's, when he said he hasn't been... Very oozy lately. I, I cried of laughter. That's just one of the. It's just so. It's so ridiculous, but so Sammy Zayn, um, and just like man, Sammy Zayn, dude, he's so good right now. It's like he can say he can do no wrong, and the things he says are all just gold. Even if it's just something so simple, as simple as Jay, as simple as saying that Jay hasn't been very oozy lately. I saw, I think, Caleb Braxton say that someone's got to hit up Merriam-Webster ASAP and get them to add Usi to the dictionary. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Usi. Very, very good line from Sammy Zane. But this pisses Jay off, and he tries to ask Roman if he's being ribbed or something. Clearly unhappy with the fact that Sammy Zane is now telling him what to do. And bossing him around like he's the head of the table. Well, the honorary Oose. Riddle, Matt Riddle, interrupts and challenges Roman to a match for the title tonight. Even though he's not allowed to do that anymore because of the title match that he lost a while back on SmackDown. And Roman asks the crowd if Riddle should be given one more chance tonight. They cheer, yes. But Roman says in a funny way, nah. A <laughs> deal is a deal. Get in the back of the line. And stay there. This segment eventually leads to Sami Zayn being offered up by Jay Uso 
as an opponent for Riddle, and so so uh, Sammy challenges him to a match later in the night. Sammy Zayn, Sammy Zayn. Week by week, people are finally getting on the Sammy Zayn train. Week by week, and I'm really loving it. I said I said it to his face at WrestleMania that I felt like he was one of the most entertaining characters in WWE. But week by week, with his bloodline stuff. Now that he's getting the opportunity to showcase it even more than he had before, I think people are finally getting on that Sami Zayn train. Choo-choo, baby. <laughs> and I, 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 it's weird, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of wrestling, obviously, specifically WWE, but all across the board. And the, the, the way the crowds are reacting to Sami Zayn right now very much reminds me of the way crowds were reacting to Daniel Bryan during the Team Hell No era, where they were just loving everything he was doing. You know, he had been this beloved in-ring talent for so long with the Team Hell No stuff really brought a different side of him out that made him beloved to the WWE audience. And that's really when people wanted to see start to see more from him, at, you know, in, in the way that the Yes movement started to kind of like be a thing that swelled up a year later. And I think that right now when I see the reactions that Sami Zayn has been getting, they remind me of the reactions that Daniel Bryan was getting in the Team Hell No era. And you know, dude, like, if you had told, you know, even back at WrestleMania when I was saying that Sami Zayn was one of, was the most entertaining, was, was my favorite performer in WWE at the time, if you told me that the thought of him beating Roman for the title at some point might be a thing, I would have said you're crazy. But now that I'm seeing this, and now that Triple H is in charge, I don't think Sami Zayn is going to beat Roman for the title anytime soon or even at WrestleMania yet. Like this year's WrestleMania, or excuse me, the next WrestleMania. But like, I don't know, man. Like I could see a world where the same timeline happens and and maybe there is something like that that happens by next year's WrestleMania. I don't know. I don't know if you lose it by then. I think the only reason the Yes Movement really... I mean, people really wanted Daniel Bryan to have an opportunity. Don't get me wrong. But it was the WWE not giving him an opportunity that really pushed things over the edge. And if Sami Zayn is still getting... If Sami Zayn gets opportunities, it's going to be a little different. So it's not going to be the same trajectory, obviously. However, I just think that like the reactions that he's getting from the crowds are... As genuine as the reactions Daniel Bryan was starting to get from the crowd. And I do wonder if there's a path to the title from this. I don't think it's going to be at this year's WrestleMania in LA. I just don't think that's a marquee enough match. But maybe that ends up being the catalyst for why for why people end up keep pushing for it. Because they think he should have. Because right now these crowds are are heavily favoring... Sami Zayn, and there's something there between Sami and Roman, however it ends up boiling over. There's a certain chemistry between them. He's one of the only people that's making Roman break on camera all the time. And I just think that 
if they do this right, if they play the cards right, Sammy beating Roman for the title in like a, a you know a year from now is something that could be possible. Nah, just don't get crazy. I mean, I'm saying if the right with the right booking and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, he's he, the crowds are loving everything he's doing, and I just I don't know. Like I said, there's only a few people I've seen get cheered like this. It reminds me of like Daniel Bryan and Becky Lynch. And those two people ended up having massive career trajectories after the crowd heavily planted themselves behind that person. So, I mean, in both cases, they were they tried to make them heels too, and the fans were like, "Nope, we're cheering for this person." So, should be interesting. Should be interesting to see how Sami Zayn's next year plays out, or at least until WrestleMania. After that, we had Austin Theory versus Johnny Gargano, and this was a surprisingly short match, which Gargano won with the one final beat DDT, and I felt like this was a necessary win for Gargano, who has been going and who has been in like two competitive of matches lately, rather than getting definitive victories. I've talked about that on here, and this was something that absolutely helps his character in the long run. Absolutely. Um, beating the Money in the Bank holder definitively in the way he did. Didn't really have much of a fight in it. Beats him good. Now, I kind of think that that's the end of these two. I don't know how you continue that. It was a pretty definitive win. The, The only way I see this continuing is if Theory... You know, in a desperate plea to get one more match against Gargano, he's, you know, Gargano convinces him to put the money in the bank on the line. And then Gargano beats him for the money in the bank contract. And Gargano, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling is the new money in the bank holder. Theory never gets to cash it in. Because I just like think, like, I'm starting to wonder where they go with his character from here. And I know that a lot of money in the bank holders kind of like, go through a rough patch for a while to throw you off the scent of when they're actually going to catch cash in. But it just hasn't felt like the current management has seen him in the same way as Vince did. It just doesn't. And maybe I'm missing something. I mean, he's still obviously being used, but it just doesn't feel exactly the same way as Vince was as like the future face of the company. Just, and and just this definitive loss, I just, yeah, the loss and just the way he's been treated and just, or I shouldn't say treated, but the way his character's been handled, I could see a world where he loses that Money in the Bank briefcase. So that's the only way I see this continuing. Other than that, it's got to, unless that's where this is going to keep going, I think they need to move on after this. Um, I think that Johnny Gargano needs something something different. I don't know what different is for Johnny Gargano quite yet, especially since he's so new on the roster. But I think that definitive of a win, if you're not going the route of giving him a chance to take money in the bank from Austin Theory, then you got to call quits on this feud. Move on. Next, we had Chad Gable versus Rey Mysterio. The match gets interrupted at one point by Rhea Ripley and Dominic, who stand ringside. But Ray still wins the match 
Dominic and Rhea then try to punk Ray afterwards, and Dom pushes him, begging for Ray to hit him. Ray doesn't do it, though, so Dom slaps him. Judgment Day then hit the ring, but Ray is two steps ahead. He brings the fight to them. Fortunately, it's not enough, and Dom clotheslines him down. Rhea eventually holds Ray down on the ropes, and Dominic hits him with a 6-1-9. Balor brags about beating Edge in an I Quit match at Extreme Rules after that. And Rhea does the same by wearing a Beth Phoenix armband. Rhea says what she did to Beth is only a glimpse of what she's capable of. Balor then once again shifts his attention to AJ Styles. And before he can finish laying out an ultimatum, Styles interrupts. AJ acts like he's going to join the group, saying there comes a time when you realize you need friends or you need your family. And eventually he bows to Finn like he's taking his rightful place in Judgment Day. But Balor lifts him up, gives him a hug, saying he knew he would finally come around. But as he's saying this, you see AJ's face. He clearly wasn't talking about joining Judgment Day, and that's what he tells Balor. He says, I wasn't talking about you. And the club's music hits. Gallows and Anderson are back in WWE, the club and Judgment Day brawl. And it ends with Judgment Day retreating as the club too sweet in the ring. All right. Whoa. 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 Ha, 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 ha. I, out of the list of possibilities of people who are going to be returning under the Triple H regime, if you had asked me if I thought Gallows and Anderson were two people that were possibilities, I would have said, you're out of your mind. (laughs) I would have said, you're out of your mind. These guys were so mad when they got released from the company last time. And I did their exit interview with them for their YouTube interview where they specifically said things about Triple H. Really mean things about Triple H. So I was shocked to see them come out, even with the rumors I had seen earlier in the day on social media. I was shocked. I need to know what changed because I think there's one specific thing that was said in the podcast I did with them years ago and and it's the one thing that I could see being the thing that brings them back but I don't want to put words in their mouth I want to hear it from them So I'm going to wait till they do an interview. I'm going to try to get them out on out of character. I'm going to see what I can do because I have done a big interview with them before. I did their big exit interview where they went full shoot status. And now I'd really like to do their return interview and find out what changed, man. What changed once Triple H took over? Beyond that, man, I am so pumped about this. I felt like the, the club didn't deserve to get released when they did. Gals and Anderson were killing it at the time. They were doing good work with AJ, and I just kind of felt like they never really got the 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 
I just never felt like they were treated with respect for what they had done outside the company. And I think that Triple H obviously does have respect for what these guys have done outside the company. Otherwise, he wouldn't have want them back. Probably wouldn't have tried to bring them in in the first place originally. And so, I'm into this. I'm into this. AJ Styles needed something new, too. He's actually kind of been in limbo since they left. He's done good things, don't get me wrong. But it's always felt like he needed, not, I shouldn't say needed, that's the wrong word. I've wanted, what's a better way of wording this? saying this on the fly here so give me a break (laughs) it's just felt like he'd be better off with a group around him with the club around him like he had been and it just kind of felt like he was doing good work obviously but I think when he's at the club around him he looks like he's enjoying himself more than anything and right now like the vibe of WWE is fun man like right after this happened I tweeted that WWE is so fun again This is such a great time to be a fan. And I think that one of the things you can, that's showing that message on WWE TV is that the wrestlers all seem to be enjoying themselves right now. No one looks to be walking on thin ice. No one's on eggshells. No one's worried about getting fired. They're all worried about putting out the most creative shows. And that's what we're seeing as fans. And it's, infectious it's such a great time to watch the product i am enjoying it so so much i think when you bring back people like bray wyatt the club dakota kai johnny gargano candace LeRae, you know all these things are happening you're bringing back all these people and for years for the past couple years with all the big releases that were going on fan fan faith in the product was was dwindling like not like no one was watching, but people were like bummed that all their f- favorites were getting let go. And now that people are coming back, the shows are, are, are feel so different in the in the last three months. I think the fan interest is rising to a level that that is making everything so enjoyable again. And it's like I wasn't enjoying it before. There were things to enjoy. I always look for the positives. But man, dude, like these shows are just action-packed, wall-to-wall stuff happening, character development that we haven't seen since the 90s, in my opinion, since the Attitude Era, where every segment was just jam-packed with character development, storylines, things happening, good matches, returns, um, you know, just all these things. And it just like, it it makes watching the show so enjoyable. You really feel like you have no idea what's going to happen until it happens on watching while you're watching the show. And that is such a good thing. It makes me as a fan happy. All right, well, then we after that, we had a damage control interview. They're talking about Bailey's loss at Extreme Rules and how she's going to defeat Candice LeRae later in the night. And then Jey Uso flags Roman down in the parking lot as he enters his car. He says he wants to talk about what happened earlier in the night, but Roman says Paul has a night out in uh, Manhattan planned for them, or somewhere in New York. Uh, he wants Jay to stay, though. and says wherever Sammy goes, he goes now, and to make sure he wins against Riddle. Solo Sokoa gets in the car with Roman as well. Roman says Solo's coming with him tonight, and Jay looks pissed as they drive away. We'll get back to that, but first, Bailey versus Candice LeRae, and Candice gets a surprise roll-up pinfall here while weak while Bailey was weak from the ladder match over the weekend, damage control then run out and attack from behind, but Bianca 
makes the save. The numbers are too much, however, and damage control once again stand tall. First and foremost, shocked that Candice LeRae got a win over Bailey here. However, it doesn't surprise me that necessarily that Bailey would be cool with this because Candice is a female wrestling legend. Uh, whether people give her that credit or not, she's done so much to advance the business in other ways that weren't necessarily on TV. And Candice rules, so it's awesome to see Bailey help get her over as she's on Raw. That's a big, big win to start her tenure with. And also, it's clearly the start to a War Games match. I got Dakota Kai on Add a Character this Wednesday, and obviously we're talking to the War Games master. She's been in all the women's ones. We're talking to the women's War Games master on the show this week, and obviously I'm talking to her about the potential of damage control being in that match. She tells us who she'd like to have join the team as well. Should they step inside the cages? But this is obviously where that begins. I think we're getting Bailey and damage control and someone else against Bianca Belair, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, and Candice LeRae in the War Games match. So I think that's where this is going. But, man, really cool to see Candice LeRae get this win. Like I said, big way for her to kind of start her tenure on the show. And cool of Bailey to make that happen. Bailey really is doing such a fantastic job of of reinvigorating the women's division in every way she can. And she deserves all the credit for for the what she's doing. It's been fantastic to watch and I'm loving it. Uh, speaking of Bailey too, like I said, we've got Dakota Kai on Wednesdays out of character. So you're listening to this probably Tuesday, maybe Monday night, but tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow on out of character. And there's lots of good stuff in there. She talks a bunch about Bailey, damage control, her return at SummerSlam, and so much more. So make sure you check that out on Wednesday. All right, let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll get back into the rest of the show. So next, there was a backstage shot of The Miz talking to Maurice. But surprisingly, there was another QR code shown in the background. They're not done just because Bray Wyatt already made his appearance. This one takes you to a video that has an old Microsoft Office vibe or Microsoft whatever vibe. Um, And it's got an old-timey version of he's got the whole world in his hands playing on a piano. There's a puzzle that gets put together with that Bray Wyatt logo in the puzzle. Also, you can see the letters J, N, V, which I believe are the 10th, 14th, and 22nd letters in the alphabet, 10, 14, 22. That's this Friday, SmackDown, where Bray Wyatt is being advertised. We're going to get to the Bray Wyatt stuff, but let me save that for when they replayed the full version of his return at Extreme Rules. So just give me a couple more segments. I think it's a few more segments away and we'll talk about it next we had Miz's birthday celebration with Maurice Miz opens gifts given to him by Maurice and one on the table exposes Dexter Loomis's head underneath the table Miz grabs a bat and tries to smash Loomis's head open but Dexter quickly moves and appears behind Miz just that spot right there the Miz did that so fast that 
it was impressive how quickly Dexter was able to move because Miz could have hurt him so bad with that bat. But it was a, a slick move from Dexter who locks Miz in that submission. And while wiggling around, Miz kicks Maurice into the cake. Then Miz gets out of the submission move and runs off to the back, leaving his wife alone. She then realizes this with a hair full of cake and runs off as well. Loomis grabs the knife. He pops one of Miz's balls. The crowd starts chanting to eat cake. So he cuts himself a piece of cake and he eats it. This was fun. Fun way of doing the Loomis character. And I've talked about I've talked about how we uh how I would like to see a little bit of an advancement now in this story of some sort. It's been kind of the same. As entertaining as the Dexter Loomis stuff has been, we've kind of been getting the same note on it. Same level. Haven't really gotten any idea of why he's doing this to the Miz. Um, or a match, or anything like that. And I'm glad that we finally got that, because afterwards, DX are hyping up some local wrestlers, and an angry Miz and Maurice approach them, asking if they've seen Triple H, because they've had it with Loomis. Sean, who we know works in NXT, says he knows Dexter, and that Loomis wouldn't have done this if Miz hadn't done something to him first. Miz is so confused, saying he hasn't. He has no idea what's happening. He just wants this to end. So Road Dog and HBK propose that Miz face Loomis next week. If Miz wins, Loomis is gone from WWE. But if Dexter wins, he gets a WWE contract. Miz accepts. So I'm glad that we finally got that. I, I think that that's at least something gives us a little bit of advancement of this story. It's not just... Dexter repeatedly uh, just attacking Miz from behind, going to his house, stalking him. Finally get to see a match. I think with a wrestler, uh, you need a match. And Loomis Loomis has gone too long in this story without one. So I'm, I'm excited for that next week. Next, we had almost winning a squash match over two local wrestlers. And then... The Bray Wyatt reveal is replayed. Man. Okay, guys. Guys. Okay. Let me let me let you in on a little something something here. <laughs> I'll let you in on a little, little something something here. So I talked in previous podcasts about how my sister was getting married this weekend. Didn't think I was going to be able to watch the White, wa- white Wabbit. Who am I? The White Rabbit. Reveal. Didn't think I was going to get to watch it live because I was at my sister's wedding. But thankfully, thankfully, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, the wedding happened. The reception started. I did my speech. I nailed it. Nailed my speech. Was the closer of all the speeches. So there was a lot of pressure. <laughs> but I came through. I nailed my speech. And then I looked down at the clock and I realized that, you know, I'd still been checking my phone throughout the night and there had been no white white rabbit reveal. I'm saying that fast. I keep wanting to say white rabbit. Uh, white rabbit reveal had not yet happened. And I realized that I was going to get to watch it live. Yes. Oh, my God. I was so happy, guys. I had like, there was like 30 minutes left in the show. I, I, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I get to watch this. So 
when the last five minutes of the show was starting, I, I was keeping my eye on my phone. I was kind of like looking after that point. My sister said it was cool. <laughs> and uh, when I could tell the fight pit was coming to an end, Eric and I, my fiance, we walked away to a quiet corner, crank up the sound. We hear, he's got the whole world in his hands. And I, oh, I was so happy. Smile. From ear to ear, guys, Bray Wyatt is back. First and foremost, oh, I was happy I got to watch it. Secondly, the creatures looked awesome. They looked so cool. Huskus, specifically, was the coolest one. Pig Boy, come to life. I also liked Ramblin' Rabbit. Looked sketchy, like something you'd see in a horror movie. Sister Abigail. Had a sketchy vibe as well. I saw people saying that he was wearing that she was wearing a Bludgeon Brothers mask. Possibly a little shout out to Luke Harper, Brody Lee, R.I.P. And then we, you know, we see the the, the Firefly Funhouse in shambles, covered in cobwebs. All the all the puppets seem to be dead. And I think that what we were supposed to get from all this, you know, because then we see Bray Wyatt, he comes out in a new mask, he blows out the lantern, old school style, saying, I'm here. And to me, when I saw this, what I got from watching this was that Bray Wyatt seems to have freed what was that whatever was going on in his mind freed himself of whatever was going on in his mind whether he defeated the fiend and 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 released those other people who were stuck in the fun house and that's that looked like i'm not sure but to me it felt like he defeated what was ever whatever was in his mind and he was releasing it from his brain and that's why they were no longer in there that's why they were all cobwebbed out that's why they were in the real world doing whatever and now Bray Wyatt is once again himself because there's even like a video that plays later in the night on the show of Bray Wyatt. Um, and and it's like kind of like the Who Killed the World video. And he says, I used to think that the prison inside my head was the only place I could ever truly be free. Revel in what you are. So I think that like he's almost saying like he did trap himself in his mind, but now he's freed himself of it because he realized that he can be himself and still be free. And I'm still almost wondering if we're going to get like a more normal version of Bray Wyatt rather than a gimmick. We're going to have to wait and see, obviously. But what I will say is this 10 out of 10 return, 10 out of 10 return. You know, I put out there on Twitter afterwards, I, I asked, I was drunk at a wedding, people. I asked if people thought that it was what top three return of all time. It was a very, uh, what's the right word? It was a sh- crap show. I don't know if I could say S-word show on here, but it was a crap show, the replies. There were so many, a lot of arguing, a lot of people saying no, a lot of people saying yes, a lot of people saying number one. It's tough. That's a tough list to come up with. I will say this much. It ruled. I loved it. Has me engaged. Has me excited. Adds intrigue. Adds excitement. These are all things that we want out of pro wrestling. 
And Bray Wyatt is so creative that I'm just so excited to see where this goes. I want to know, like, who's his first program going to be with? Is he going to be a heel? Is he going to be a babyface? It seems like he's a SmackDown superstar now. The SmackDown roster needed him more. But they've already got an uber bad guy in Roman Reigns. Do we need another one? Is he going to be a babyface? I don't know. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot to do. I doubt he's going to be a babyface, even though he's getting these monster reactions. But I'm excited to hear the rest of the explanation. When he finally cuts a promo, it's going to be sick. So sick. But just as from what we've gotten strictly so far, huge fan. Loving it. White Rabbit stuff was fantastic. And the reveal was next level good. If you don't think top three, top five at least, in my opinion. Don't call me a mean name for saying that, though. We just have different opinions. <laughs> Next, we had Bobby Lashley in the ring, and he brags about all the big names he's defeated. And then he calls out Seth for their United States title match. But shocker, instead, Brock Lesnar walks out. I was close on my prediction. In my Extreme Rules predictions, I predicted that Brock Lesnar comes back to confront DC. No. Came back a few nights later on Monday Night Raw to confront Lashley. Pick back up again on their feud. Brock gets on the mic like he's going to have a chat with Lashley, who is holding up the, the United States title in his face. But instead, Brock just takes him out, and then he hits an F5 on Lashley and stands over him happily before locking in the Kimura lock. Whoa, sick. Brock Lesnar is back. You know, when I had Lashley on the show, he basically said that the match that he had with Roman Reigns was not the match that he wanted. I said Roman Reigns. The match that he had with Brock Lesnar was not the match that he wanted. He wanted something else. It was not the match that he had been asking for all this time. He felt like they could build it up better. There could be more to it. And now, with a new regime in charge, I'm interested to see if he gets that. It seems like we're going to get that. It seems like they're going to get their chance to really do this program right. And so far, Triple H has been doing a lot of things right since taking over as head of creative. I am excited for this. I'm pumped, dude. Like, if we're going to get, like, a real program out of this, real match, like, you know, the, 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 the have this be the way it should have been the first time, get the actual dream match that we had been looking for, that's great, man. Because right now... The, you know, Brock and Lashley, like, it was kind of, it was underwhelming. And it shouldn't have been. Now, we're doing it right, I think. I think Triple H is going to do it right. And I like that, that, that he's back. You know, I'm guessing this is just for Crown Jewel and then he'll go away again. But it'll be interesting to see Brock Lesnar, um, Lashley, not in the way Vince would have imagined it, but in the way Triple H would have imagined it. I think it's going to be better. After the commercial break, WWE officials are urging Lashley to go to the back to handle his injuries from Brock, but Seth Rollins comes out anyways for their match. And Rollins, who is also, to his credit, suffering from injuries uh, in the fight, suffering from injuries that he had happened in the fight pit, uh, he yells at Lashley from the ring to give him his match. It's not working. Lashley is letting the medics tend to him, but then 
Rollins comes in with the heater. He says, you said you were a fighting champion. You're supposed to be a soldier, but you're not. You're a disgrace to the U.S. title and a disgrace to your country. Ooh, dude. Obviously, this angers Lashley. He then accepts the match, telling the ref to ring the bell. And when he does, he rushes in for a spear. Rollins counters it into a pedigree. Doesn't work for the pin, so they continue to fight after that until Rollins finally hits the stomp. He then gets the crowd to sing his music and hits another one to get the win over Lashley. New champ, Seth frickin' Rollins, just like I predicted. It just made sense. It just made sense when you're talking about, like, you know, strictly if you're looking at these if you're looking at superstars as you know valuable valuable commodities, you know when you lose, kind of like go down a tiny bit, depending on the situation. You know, value goes down like a tiny bit. Then if you win a title, it's going to shoot back up, probably above where you were before that, and it all balances out. That's what ha- that's what happened here, and I think that Triple H does need a champion who's his figurehead on the on Raw right now. Like I've said multiple times on here, the fact that Roman Reigns has both world titles does make Raw have this like glaring weak point. And it's felt like Triple H has been trying to make up for that. But making the United States f- title feel important. But Seth Rollins is someone that you know Triple H values as a world champion. Did it in NXT with him early on. Has that faith. And Seth Rollins, and I just, for for me, it, it looks like Seth Rollins will be treated as the show's champion with the United States Championship, and it's a, it is a solid consolation for Seth Rollins, too, who might not get to be the world champion right now, but is one of the highlights of Monday Night Raw, and is almost the anchor uh, to the top of the, of the card. So, I, I, I do understand... Uh, the, the the thought process behind putting the United States championship on him. And like I said, you know, you know, the losing brings your value down maybe a tad bit, but if something else happens after, it brings you back up a bit. Well, that's what we got after with Lashley because he's interviewed backstage afterwards and he says that he's pissed at what Brock did and he calls him out to appear on Raw next week. He plans to show that the beast is a bitch. You're calling out Brock Lesnar. You get a face-to-face with Brock Lesnar next week. If he gets the better of him, he's back where he was, if not better. So smart booking all around, in my opinion. Last, we had Sami... Oh, not last, but the main event of the night, we had Sami Zayn versus Matt Riddle. And uh, I loved uh, the crowd chanting Sami Uso at one point in the match. So good. Sami Uso, what a chant. Jay tries to interfere in the match a few times, and both times, St- Sammy stops him, saying he doesn't need his help, and that Jay told him to handle it, so he is. The finish then saw Sammy go for the blue thunderbomb, but Riddle spins out of it and hits the RKO to get a win. Jimmy Uso looks concerned about Sammy losing, but Jay doesn't, saying Sammy told him that he had it on his own. More dissension between Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. I've got no doubt in my mind at this point that this is going to boil up all the way until WrestleMania. 
when Sami Zayn takes the tag team titles from the Usos, most likely with Kevin Owens as he finally turns. But, like I said, it could go even longer. You never know. If it's working, it's working. But I, I have a strong feeling that that's where this is all leading since Jey Uso has now uh, got his own keeper, and that's Sami Zayn. Lastly, DX's music hits, and they roll out on a car, WCW Invasion style. X-Pac gives a shout-out to China. Then Rodog does the New Age Outlaws intro. But instead of saying Billy Gunn, Rodog lets the crowd say it. And Graves mentions that the other guy, a la Billy Gunn, is doing something with office equipment these days. I don't know if I can say his catchphrase on here. I don't think I can. But just know I'm I'm doing the hand signal while... While, while reading my notes here, uh, Triple H then does his let's get ready to suck it shtick. And HBK asks the crowd to put them out of their misery if they're still doing the same thing 25 years from now. He then does the we got two words for you closer and the show comes to an end. All right, let's do positives and negatives of this segment because the positives do outweigh the negatives positives china shout out love it china shout out should happen at all these dx things she was a huge part of the group and her memory should be included when talking about dx billy gun stuff harmless um no no issue with that nostalgia the nostalgia of this is just good they have the stuff on the screen they didn't feel like they were like the corny DX. Uh, they were saying like the F word as it was getting bleeped out and S word and all sorts of curse words. So I was into that. They had that same attitude era vibe. Um, enjoyable just to hear them reminiscing and obviously happy about their legacy. Only negative to me was it was just kind of like uneventful. We've seen DX reunions and... I was really hoping that we'd see someone come out and and get the better of them on the mic for once. It would have signaled a, a difference in, in regimes. And I would have liked it. You know, you could have easily had the lights go out, Bray Wyatt's music hits, they come back on, he's standing over them again, you know, in the you know, and then got his lantern, the place is going nuts, he blows it out, he's gone. Could have done that. Could have had Judgment Day come out and just roast them on the mic. Could have had Bloodline do the same thing. You know, Sami Zayn kind of beefing with everyone. I think all those things would have been good. You could have Triple H and Roman Reigns talking crap to each other. I think that would have been good in the long run as well. But ultimately, look, I get it. Road Dog had a heart attack. Shawn, uh, um, uh, Triple H has a pacemaker. They're not going to be getting physical. I get this. Don't worry. I get this. But I still felt like they could have helped get another, you know, talent over by using DX. Just my personal opinion, but I do think the segment was very entertaining. You can't hate DX. I know I can't. I think they're the best faction of all time. All right, I'm done here. I'm tapping out. Before I leave, first, let me say... If you're listening to this podcast, if you've gotten this deep, if you like the show, if you plan to listen again, do me a favor. 
hook me up by subscribing to this podcast feed. And also, you know, if this is your first time listening, you don't have to do it. Just I'm just I'm giving you the day off. You don't have to do it. Listen to it a few episodes first. Then you can make a decision on if you want to do this next part. But if you've been listening to the show for a while and you actually enjoy it, do me a favor and hook it up with a review or a rating. I think you can leave stars on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a written review. And as you heard, I read them at the top of the show. So hook it up. Makes me feel validated for doing this. So (laughs) do me a favor and hook me up with a rating or a review. Also, make sure you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find Out of Character every Wednesday in the early morning. I think it premieres either 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. switches up lately. I'm not exactly sure what the exact time is, but you'll see if you're subscribed to the channel because you'll see when the video is in there. And you can then click the little bell and get notified when it's about to premiere. This week, we got Dakota Kai on the show. Like I said, she's going to be talking about her exit, her, I shouldn't say her exit, her release, talking about her release from the company and where her head was at at the time, if she talked to any other promotions while she was away, how her return came about, how soon Triple H hit her up, so much more. So make sure that you listen to Out of Character with Ryan Satin this week with our special guest, one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Dakota Kai. And lastly, make sure you follow WWE on Fox on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're all across the board on social media. So make sure you're following us to stay up to date on all our latest happenings. All right, that's it. I'm done. Like I said, officially tapping out. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been the Raw Roundup. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now. 